Queen's Lead Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Singleton. And as a child of the 80s, I'd love to say queens rule, but they don't. Queens lead. Being a queen means you are worthy to be a leader of people. The guests on our show do exactly that. They are leading the way in their businesses, families, and communities. They're taking their rightful place in the spotlight, leading and inspiring the developing queens in all of us. Welcome to the Queen's Lead Podcast. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Queen's Lead Podcast. Today, I am so excited to be joined by Kimberly Jarman from Kimberly Jarman Coaching. Welcome, Kimberly. Hey, I'm so glad to be here, Amy. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. We are excited to have you here. Tell our guests a little bit about who Kimberly is as just your own person. As the human, Kimberly? As the human, yes. Yes. Uh, Let's see. Complicated is typically a word and um, intense is always a word that is used to kind of label me. Um, I born and raised in Oklahoma, got married to my first husband and we lived in Oregon and Colorado and I got divorced and moved back. Um, I am a full-fledged in the cult CrossFit addict. I love CrossFit. It has been, I've been doing it for over 10 years. Um, so it's definitely my jam. Yeah. Nice. Nice. Yeah. Uh, and I'm a life coach mindset business coach. I've been doing that for a couple of years. There was, it was a long journey to get here. Yes. So tell us about that journey. I'm so curious to know what you did before and what brought you to the coaching space. So in my introduction, you guys already got a little bit, I'm an Enneagram eight. So if that tells you anything, <laughs> um, seven, <laughs> Um, I would have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So when I got out of college, I, I just was, I wasn't self-confident enough. Let's put it that way. Right. So I just did what society told me to do, go get the degrees and go to work. And I went into higher ed because my ex-husband was a college football coach. Nice. And I was there for nine years and I hated it, really hated it a lot. (laughs) I was an academic coach. So I kind of always been a coach. So when I was in high school, I was a basketball coach. And then I went to higher ed as an academic coach. Then I owned my own CrossFit gym and I was a CrossFit coach. So I just, a coach is who I am. Yeah. I just, I was insecure back then. Like I just thought I was supposed to do what society told me to do. And one of the ways my coworkers used to describe me was like, you don't play well in the sandbox, Kim. And I just thought it was like my personality. I didn't know I was an entrepreneur that was stuffed inside of a box that didn't know yeah. belong in that box. Oh my God. I love that you say it that way because same. And I never really been able to articulate it that way. Like quit shoving me in your box. I don't belong here. <laughs> and it makes you feel like you don't belong when really you belong somewhere else very well, just not in that box. Yes. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And you didn't even, it's like that fish in the fishbowl, like the fish doesn't realize it's in the bowl. Yeah. Right. And so, so that set it free. Yes. So I was in higher ed and it, yeah, I just, I'm not a good employee. I don't play well in the sandbox. Right. And so when I got a divorce, I was struggling a lot with my mental health. Um, my master's degree is in counseling. So I know that world. Um, 
So I just was like, you know what? I'm going to re, I'm going to burn my life down, got a divorce, moved to Oklahoma. And I was like, I'm going to start over. I'm going to go pursue my dreams now. Well, limiting beliefs will do what they will. And I ended back up in higher ed. And I, I was doing my higher ed thing and hating it. And finally, uh, it went bad there with my boss. Uh, and we ended up quitting. There was only two of us as coworkers, right? And she, mm -hmm. I'd already reported her to HR. It was a bad ordeal. And my coworker, he was so miserable. I was like, just quit like, go get it, just quit today, go get a different job, just quit. And he listened to me and he started <laughs> packing his box and I was sitting over there and I was like, oh my God, I can't, I You're can't like... come to work and not have him. So I was like, <laughs> I just got a box myself. And like at 9am in the morning, I started packing my box and I typed this up letters of resignations. Right. And I marched my happy butt up to uh, HR. I turned her letters and resignations in, got the car. We snuck off, put her stuff in the car and drove off. I don't know. Yes. During the day, the woman found out her only two employees had quit. But that's how my personality has to do it. It like has to burn it all down. Right? I love that. I knew, like I couldn't go back. I mm. broke society's rules, right? You're supposed to give it to yeah. me. I knew like, I can't go back. So I have to do something. And um, one of my friends was like, you should like go open a CrossFit gym. That's your dream. Like, I think you have it in you. So I had that one person in my ear that was like, you can mm -hmm. do this, right? You can do this. Hmm. And that I just gave me chills. Oh my God. I love that. Thanks. Do you still talk to that person? I, I do occasionally. Yeah. She's a very successful entrepreneur. So she's always, nice. she'll always be in the credits, right? That's it yeah the um, catalyst yep so I was at a CrossFit gym I was an exerciser there I guess I was an athlete there yeah and I wrote up an email and I was like hey I have cash money I'll pay you half from to be your partner and he was like I'm out just here I'll sell it to you wow so I bought it and I had no idea what I was doing. I knew I was a damn good CrossFit coach. I didn't, yeah. I didn't know how to be a business owner. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I bought the gym. It was like a dream come true because this was my dream, right? To own this. I loved the coaching. I loved the programming. The business stuff was hard because I took it so personal. When mm -hmm. people would leave, it was like soul crushing because it was like, yes. I did something wrong. Mm -hmm. I wasn't enough. They didn't like me. And I know now as an entrepreneur, I've been an entrepreneur long enough. Like, oh, that, yeah. that you got to get rid of that. Yep. Yep. You're um, going to keep on living no matter who comes and goes. Yeah. But I couldn't, I couldn't overcome it by myself. Yeah. So after a couple of years, I sold a gym for a profit, which is amazing. Nice. Um, and I was 37. And I was like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do. Like, I can't go back to being an employee. Yeah, I done my dream job. So I was reading the book by Jen Sincero. You're a badass at making money. Have your yes. Okay. Oh my God, that is the very first entrepreneur book I ever read too. Wow, how cool ah! is that? That's so cool. Oh my God, yes. yeah. So totally my brain, my brain totally interpreted that book, and I, I would be interested to hear what your how your brain interpreted it. But mine, the whole time it was like 
if you're going to be successful, get a coach, get a coach, get a coach, get a coach. And I was like, okay, I want to be successful. I'm tired of making only 40 K a year. I'm tired of living paycheck to paycheck. I, I know I have the potential to be successful. I know I'm capable. I just keep getting on my own way. Like it's in here. I just need to figure out how to unleash it. So I was like, all right, yeah. I'll go find a coach, whatever that yeah. is. And so yeah. I found Brooke Castillo's Life Coach School podcast. I listened to two episodes and I was like, I'm in. So I signed up and I studied under Brooke for two years. Wow. Um, and I was just like, yeah, this is, this is my destiny. This is what I'm supposed to do. Like I'm supposed to be a life mindset entrepreneur, business coach, because this is who I am. And it, I can't tell you how much it changed my life. Um, I won't spend the whole podcast about my whole story because, because yeah, um, I, I realized no one was coming to save me. Right. I had depression and anxiety. I had done my stent in a psych hospital for suicide. And then when I got out, I realized like, no one's coming to save me. My Mm. life is not there. There's nothing like I have to take full responsibility um, and then when I found Brooke and she taught me the model and that our thoughts create our emotions and our emotions drive our actions and our actions mm-hmm. create our results. I had never heard that in the whole, in grad school and all my therapists, like no one had ever taught me that. And it was like, she gave me the keys to the universe. And I was like, this is my destiny. Like I'm going to go teach people how to manage their brains and where their thoughts and their emotions come from so they can get out of their own way. Because I personally believe our dreams are our destiny. And when we live in our dreams and we live in our destiny, that's how we change the world for the better. Yes. Oh my God. Why not? Like, why not dig into your life story? Because uh, first of all, how are we so the same? No (laughs) idea. Like psych hospital stint, suicidal, yeah. Like a handful of pills so many times, no one over the entire course of my journey ever said these things that like Jen, like that book said, like you're saying, like all the coaches I now have in my life are saying, and have said to me, I had no idea Yeah, what year <laughs> I had the exact same realization. So, I mean, I say late in life, you know, in my late thirties sounds yeah. like about the same time as you, how did you, I mean, go into it, go into that a little further for us. Like, I know we are not the only ones. I know I felt like the only one, but this is an epidemic of, yeah. of people. Yeah. People. I think we get so, and this is just my, my take, right? Like, I think we're good as humans in the way our, our brains are wired for survival. We're, we are a pack animal, right? Yes. Right. And it's very threatening for us to get kicked outside of the pack because you Mm -hmm. will die in the wild alone, right? So we have to keep in context that that part of our brain is very powerful and running most of the time. And so as pack animals, I think it's easier for us to go through society's rules. And so most of us are just like, go to college, go get the job. And then when we hit our thirties, we're like looking at our life, like, is this what it's fucking about? Right. Did I I really grow up and go to college to pay bills and die? Yeah. Yeah. Forget it's this life. So disillusioned with it, but we don't, we're so locked up in limiting beliefs and fear that it's like, we feel trapped. Mm-hmm. And then, so we go seeing mental health therapy. That's what we're told to do. 
and talk about our feelings. Like, well, I feel like shit. That's why I'm here. Why do you think? Yeah. Yeah. And, but yet I would leave therapy with the same shitty thought loops that were creating those emotions. Right. Even Mm -hmm. though I came and talked about my emotions, I was still having those same thought loops. Well, then it gets to a point where then they med you up. Right. But I'm still having those same thought loops. Yeah. And then I'm like snapping a rubber band against my arm every time I do that bad thing, but I don't have any actual tools Correct. to move past that thought pattern. Yes, exactly. Yes. I think that's where we get like, it's like, yeah, I got to talk about the past, but really most of us are going like, I need to know how to deal with here. Yeah. I need to know how to like handle my future. And like, I, they just never gave me the tools for that. And when I, so when I started my business as a coach, and I had the model that I told you about, and my thoughts chemically create, like there's a neurotransmitters, right? They fire, that's chemically creating emotions. Mm-hmm. Emotions, of course, drive reactions. I won't go through the model again, but I was doing, my business partner's a naturopathic physician. And mm-hmm. so we were doing a podcast episode and we were talking about like Elon Musk and like, what's the difference between that 1% from the rest of us, right? And she like off the cuff goes, well, serotonin, serotonin is required for us to have self-confidence and to have rejection resilience. So people that have adequate amounts, rejections, like kind of a sting, but then they move on. Mm-hmm. Well, for me previously, rejection was like devastating. Yeah. And I was like, what? Like Sarah, like what? This is a chemical thing. She's like, yeah. So then, um, it like made sense to me. Like we're you approaching mental health from one-sided, like just like the thoughts or your feelings, right? But we're not dealing with the chemicals in terms of like my hormones as women, my hormones impact my ability to think certain ways. It impacts my moods, right? So does my neurotransmitters. So why are we approaching this from one? Why don't we do both? So I help you learn new things like where your thoughts are coming from. Are they from the primal brain? Are they from the prefrontal cortex? So you can choose which ones serve you. And then she works with you to balance out your neurotransmitters and your hormones. You can have access to these thoughts and emotions. They're going to create more momentum for you. Yeah. That was a long, very long answer to your question. I just don't no, but... have access to these things, right? So we're just all trying to do the best we can. And it's like, nobody's giving us tools. Yeah. 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 And I think it's, it's really time to, to switch up that, you know, I'm actually a nurse. I came into marketing via nursing. I was okay. registered nurse for, for many years, actually still am, but I think there is, at least I hope there there's becoming a shift. And I, I speak to a lot of coaches and even physicians and, and people um, and clinicians in um, the counseling space or therapy space that are now moving because of the limitations of not only just traditional Western medicine, but um, the medications and the law and insurance and all this stuff. So many therapists, licensed therapists are turning into and relabeling themselves as coaches so that they actually have the freedom to do what works and not what society has even boxed them into as far as their deliverable services and being able to help. What is your, what's your take on that? Having a degree, you know, kind of having both sides of that. You know, I was just going to say, like, 
I, my undergrad is in counseling and then my master's is in counseling. I'm like, we never learned any of this shit. <laughs> yeah. It was like a bunch of theories, like how to, you know, open-ended question versus closed-ended, like, and it was, I don't know. So I understand how the therapy world got to where it was because it's just being programmed through all of this historical, like all these old theories. And I do think there's a place to like, you need to process out your trauma. You need to like talk about this shit, right? But we have like, I can't just talk about it. Like I am very against, I met a counselor one time cause I wanted to collaborate. And I asked, I was asking her questions. She's like, she was proud of this. Okay. She was like, I have had, I have several clients that I've had for over 15 years. I'm like, bitch, that is a red sign for me. Like, right. You need to be teaching people how to deal with their own mental health and like bid them adieu. Like they need to right. be efficient. like no codependency is going on. Yeah. If you're not challenging your people to at least graduate up to the next level or different service or, or something, and you've got them in that loop for 15 years, what, how have you served them? Yeah. They should be the teacher <laughs> at this point after yeah. 15 years. Holy crap. That's yeah. just like a paid friend. And I think it's codependency too. Yeah. Right. right? Like me and you both needed options. Like there's no way I'm, I don't know your story to the side hospital, but I know mine, like I had no option to call her. Like, can I have a session today? I'm about to like, I have my plan in action right now. Like I needed tools that I could implement in my own life in that moment. Mm -hmm. Not being dependent on somebody else for my mental welfare. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Well, it's come a long way and it sounds like people like you are definitely stepping in to change that. I hate the word narrative, but to truly change the path forward as it relates to mental health and resources for people who need coaching in their life. Yeah. Um, so who are, who is the person that you serve the most in, in your, in your coaching? Uh, you know, it's funny after we've talked about all the mental health world, I think it's cause like my, I have some bones to pick. <laughs> Yes. Uh, but really I work with very driven people, people that want to create impact in the world. Um, they want to create success. They just keep, cannot get out of their own way. Right. Mm -hmm. It's all limiting beliefs that like stop us from our greatness. Um, so most of my, uh, clients are solopreneurs, entrepreneurs, people that want to, either change their profession or start their own business. Like they want to create impact on this world. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you working with other, um, do you find that a lot of other former educators or, or teachers are, are drawn to you? No, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> I That's fit funny. well in higher ed. So. It's a, it's a mindset change for sure. Um, yeah. yeah, not, not having to be crammed into that box. Yeah. Um, so tell us a little bit about, um, you, you mentioned after you had the CrossFit gym that you knew how to be a CrossFit trainer you knew the CrossFit, all of that stuff, but the business side of that, what mm -hmm. was the hardest part? And what have you learned from that business to this one that has, that has helped you the most? I did not understand sales at all. Right. And I didn't mm -hmm. really understand marketing at all. They felt both very slimy and creepy. Yeah. 
to me. Um, mm -hmm. So it was, that was very challenging. And I had a lot of limiting money beliefs, right? Like money, I felt I didn't see my worthiness and value. So then it's of course hard to charge people for that, you know, when you feel uncomfortable around that. Um, coming into this business, and I've had a lot of coaching, obviously. Coaches just continue to hire more and more coaches. It's a thing. Yeah. Um, I've worked a lot on like sales and marketing in terms of like how to authentically show up to those spaces in a place of love and service, right? Marketing is just helping people become aware of what you have to offer and serving them ahead of time. And then sales is like inviting people into my space. Do you want to take this journey together? Yeah. Yeah. And I've done a lot of work on my money mindset <clears throat> too. Yeah. And I mean, I, for me, especially growing up here, money is money's funny to talk about. It, it was in my family to talk about it. It was always this awkward thing and coming into entrepreneurship. Then when money just becomes numbers, and it really doesn't have any emotional or feeling or anything attached to it. It's such a different, um, it's, it's a different seat at the table when you start looking at that. Do you think? Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with you. And I think you said you grew up here too. In Oklahoma. Yeah. Born and raised within like a 10 mile radius. My uh, whole life. Nice. Yeah. We also live in a, not to get into all this socioeconomic stuff, but we live in a poverty mentality state. Yes. And I think 100%. you and I are probably the same age. So we've been programmed over the years and decades that like we're a poor state, we're a poor state, right? That influences our, our relationship with money because yeah. right, we see it from a poverty perspective, a, um, a scarcity perspective, right? And yeah, I, I remember repeating and hearing the adults in my life and even myself repeated so many times growing up, I don't want to have a lot of money. I just want to have enough to get by. I just want to be, you know, taken care of and just have enough left over at the end of the month to see a movie with my family or whatever. And it, that was such a fucked up thing to say. Like, I can't believe I ever said that, but it's the way I was raised. And it's because that's the way my parents were raised and the way their parents were raised and everyone in the history of my family has never had a different mindset switch. Yeah. Yeah. And um, my parents grew up in poverty. They have done very well for themselves, but they still see the world from that little kid poverty mindset. Right. Like, mm -hmm. yeah. Coupons, picking up pennies. And I'm like, there's multiple commas in this. <laughs> right. Like, uh, yeah. But yes, yeah, so that was how, you know, we were raised. Like you just, get by. And that's when I went into the counseling world and my degrees, like when I graduated college, I was like, I just want, you know, I don't care about the money. I just want to be happy because my mind, and then it's like, you start paying bills. Like, yeah, I do care. I fucking really do care. I am yeah. scared of like only having $10 left of this paycheck. This is bullshit. Yeah. And when I got around Brooke, I don't know if you've heard of Amanda Francis. Uh, I don't think so. So Amanda Francis is from Oklahoma and she is become very successful. She was out in Hollywood now. Um, she's closer. She's a little bit younger than you and I, but she was my first example of like, Hey, girls from Oklahoma don't have to just be white trash and have babies. Like we get to do something. Right. And then yeah. I hired Brooke as my first life coach. Brooke made $42 million last year in her business alone. So it just like broad and like, Oh, this is possible. 
Yes. People like me get to go make a shit ton of money and be unapologetic, unapologetic about it. And I don't have to be this altruistic person. That's like, I'm going to give my money to these places in this place. Like, no, this is all my money. I'm going to fly private. Yeah. And, and when your value is there and you're changing lives, there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, um, what has been, um, you, you mentioned that you yourself have a lot of coaches. There are a lot of coaches as you begin to educate yourself in business, ladies, you're going to be reading, you're going to be digging in, you're going to find there's a coach for everything. Yes, there at is. this point. And your industry is, I'm, you're probably more aware than anyone is saturated with people offering coaching for a various, um, variety of, of topics and reasons and things. What, who has been, what has been the most important coach or who do you keep around in your life to coach you in different areas? So I love that question. Um, I came out of the life coach school, right. Which is Brooke Castillo's empire. Um, so most of the coaches that I hire are LCS coaches. Um, L- what is that LCS? Yeah. The life Define coach. that for the listener life coach, life coach school, coaches. life coach school. Yeah, they've either gone to the life coach school program or they're certified through the life coach school because they coach on the model and the model is all about, Mm -hmm. right? Like I don't, it's like, I like to tell people there's some coaches that are accountability coaches. There's some coaches that are cheerleaders. There's ICF coaches. I think that's like the international federation or IFC coaches, international federation of coaches or something. I don't know. And I feel like their training's more around like the accountability and cheerleading and whatever, which some people need that, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. I prefer the model and because I like science and it's like, this is how the human brain works. The model can like, you put any thought into the model. I can then see the motion that it created and the behavior patterns. So then I can become aware, right? And make changes. So that's who I, that's my preference is just, um, life coach, school coaches. So life coaching, have you hired anyone else as far as like, well, obviously not fitness because you're, you are your own fitness (laughs) or maybe you have hired a fitness coach. Um, but have you had to bring in other experts as you've grown your business, as far as like um, you know, paid experts as far as your finances or, or um, operations or systems or growing a team or other types of specialists in your life? Yeah. So I have, um, so Brooke was my general life coach and then I hired Stacy Bayman and Stacy has 2k for 2k. So she is a sales expert. So I went okay. to her coaching program for sales mm-hmm. and, um, T Har Becker, he has a program for marketing. So I went through that program and then, uh, Vicki Louise, she has a time hackers program. So it's all about like hacking time mm-hmm. and 15 hour work week. Um, so I went through her coaching program. Yeah. Again, it's like oh. an addiction, right? You're like, Oh, I need a coaching program on this. Yes. Well, yeah, because I mean, if you look at the, just the history of humanity, there, are there really any new ideas? No. no, they're all just different reiterations of someone else's idea and a concept that we can understand and with the person we can understand it from. So, you know, I, I don't ever feel 
I give credit where it's due, but I never feel bad for sharing an idea I learned from someone else because it's all just reciprocal. And the more we can teach one another in the way that that person can understand, the better we'll all do eventually. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you. Yeah. So what have been some of the biggest challenges that you've faced outside of sales and marketing um, with growing your coaching business now? I, and I still kind of struggle with it. And it's funny because you and I go to the same networking event. So you may be like, yes, I do see that, Ken. <laughs> I have a hard time like articulating what I do in a like, I guess a, a lay person relatable way. Cause I feel like mm-hmm. I get a lot of blank stares. Like, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. Well, people not so far along into their own entrepreneurial journey, maybe haven't read the type of books you've read or become aware. Like I was not just like you. I mean, when I was a nurse, I wasn't aware that there were life coaches or anything other than maybe like a fitness coach or something. I had no idea that your industry existed until, you know, the last decade, probably. Yeah. Yeah. So awareness is a huge thing. Yeah. Awareness and like articulating it out of non-coachy words where Mm -hmm. people like can understand it and like see how impactful it is. Cause I think there's an image that we're just like cheerleaders or something. And I'm like, yeah, never met me. (laughs) You're like, no, you're, I'm not going to be your cheerleader. You're going to freaking hate me because if you're doing your job, your clients hate you for a while. Right. Yes. I have one client and you know him, uh, every week he's like, I hate you, but I love you. I think I do know who you're talking about. He's wearing pink jackets at this point. Yes. He came to me like one of the best compliments I've ever received. You know, you know me, you said, if, for those of you who are just listening, I'm kind of a wild dresser. Like I'm always an all full color, full life, wild, and bright and whatever. Yeah. And uh, this particular gentleman uh, came up to me at a networking event and wearing a pink jacket. And he said, I was like, man, you're looking fly today. And he says, you know what? between my life coach and you, you've really inspired me to like step out. He's like, I was always the blue suit guy. Cause that's what I was supposed to be. And, and I feel so much more alive now that I just bought this one jacket. I might buy another color. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah, you just, you told me that, that not everybody that I'm not for everybody. I think I, what I said was like, you're not for everybody. It's okay. Right. I know that I'm for about like 0.1% of the population. Everybody else freaking hates my ass. That's okay. There are 7 billion people on this planet. How many do you really want to deal with anyway? Yeah. Great perspective. Yeah. Oh yeah. That dude has changed and I have seen it with my own two eyes. Everybody <laughs> says, yeah. Yeah. Up every week, man, every week. And I'm like, I'll say something. He's like, I hate you but okay. You're doing it right, girl. Yeah. I love that because you're making them uncomfortable. It's uncomfortable to grow and to change, to make a different choice than you've made for every day for your life for the last 40 years. That's yeah. tough. What's more uncomfortable is to live that every day for even 40 more years. Yeah. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. So what does working with you look like? This, this high powered individual comes to you through your Instagram or your website, fills out a form, what happens to them? Yeah, they didn't fill out a form. They just reach out for like a consult and we just jump on for like an hour Zoom call to talk about like, where are you at? Where do you want to be? Why aren't we there? And then creating a plan. And then they get to make a decision like, yeah, I think you're the person I need to work with. I'm in um, or no, I don't think you're the human I need to be working with. And that's cool. I have tons of referrals to refer them out. 
Um, and then once they're in, they go through a six month program with us. So okay. it's weekly hour long coaching session each week. Um, we create the goals ahead of time, right? They have a sheet they fill out, like, here's what I want for the next six months. Here's what I want to see in the next year. Um, and we go to work on those weekly. They get group coaching each week too, because I think it's really helpful to see, mm -hmm. watch other people's brains <clears throat> coached because the human brain does yeah. what the human brain does. I mean, yes, we're all unique, but we're not special, right? Like mm -hmm. the human right. Brain operates the same way. So to see somebody else, I'm like, oh, I do that. Right. Mm -hmm. I see how yes. that up in my life. Um, and then Dr. Carmen mails them a saliva and urine test at the very beginning to test their neurotransmitters and their uh, hormones and their cortisol levels. And then they have an hour and a half uh, consultation call with her when those come in to like, because she's a licensed naturopathic doctor. So mm -hmm. then what supplements, what foods to get all these levels up in the normal level range. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a full service experience. So do you, so. do you ever extend the work past the six month mark or are people pretty well, like good to go at that point? Um, I would say they're at 50, 50 right now. Yeah. So they do have an opportunity to re up for another six months or to re up for a year. And if they re up for mm -hmm. a year, they get another panel retest at the year mark for free. Mm -hmm. Um, or if they're good, like if they've got the tools down, yeah, they're good. Cause they get, uh, I have an online course that comes with it. So they have a video each week of like, I break down each component, like where do emotions come from? Like where are the three pathways that they come where like the prefrontal cortex, the primal brain, like how to identify thoughts that come from those different regions of the brain. So. Wow. What type of, um, what type of struggles are you helping people overcome? You know, I feel like the human, nobody's going to come to you saying this, right? But I think really what the most of us are driven by is I'm not enough. I'm not worthy. I don't have what it takes. Those are kind of the core human things that we struggle with. Um, and they just manifest in all sorts of different ways. But most people come like, um, Hey, I, I want to be able to make more money. I've never been able to make hundred K 200 K. Like I want to be able to reach my full potential. I want to be able to go start this business. And I just, I feel too overwhelmed, too anxious, too scared. Right. So a lot of it is goals on terms of like making more money. Did you lose Hold on a second? I've lost you. Can you hear me still? Yes. Okay. I've lost audio on you the heck I may have to switch my speaker okay can you try it's talking again can you hear me now okay yeah I'll just have to switch off that was weird I don't know if those died or what bloopers who knows it says they're still on whatever <laughs> sorry can you repeat whatever you just said <laughs> uh yes so they come to me with like goals that they have not accomplished. Like all these things that are out there that like, I wish I, I want to be able to make this amount of money. I want to be able to get, start this job or stop this, start this business, get this promotion. I want to reach my full potential. I want to get out of my own way is typically how they show up in my world. Yeah. I'm so sorry. Let me switch this. <clears throat> I think I better switch to this. 
I don't want it to bleed over into that mic. Good Lord. Sorry. You're good. VUCA. That's what VUCA. Volatile, uncertain, complex, ambiguous. Those are the things we're trying to expand our my my capacity to handle. <laughs> so that's a lot of the central nervous system, like calming your central nervous system so you can. Yeah. Do you do um, any uh, breath work with your yeah. clients? Yeah, because I've learned from coaching so many clients at this point, like thought work, like most of our emotions come from our thoughts, but there is a percentage of emotions that come from like trauma responses that bypass the T line, the thought line. And then there is a percentage of emotions that come from chemical imbalances. So we have to, um, they have to have tools in their tool chest of like how to calm the central nervous system and move it back over into parasympathetic. Cause a lot of us spend a lot of time in sympathetic, that fight, flight, freeze and fawn, especially in our yeah. stressful world. So breath work, tapping is one of my favorites. Um, just some short, easy things that they can reground, move their nervous system back over so then they can have access to their prefrontal cortex. Yeah, to the more calm version. Yeah. They can react appropriately and not- Yeah, react to their primal brain, that survival brain is just all about like survival, right? Yeah, yeah. So tell us about, you kind of already alluded to one favorite client. Tell us about someone maybe who's completed the entire program and what, what they looked like coming in and what they were able to achieve after working with you. Yeah, I love this story. So I had this girl and she works for a bank and we do her calls during business hours, right? And it was dark and I could tell she was in a cubicle and she would be like, at the beginning, the first one or two sessions, she's like, you know, I just, I've been in this position for like 15 years and I really would like a promotion and a job where I had a window. And I was like, oh my God, poor soul. Yes. Bust out a wall for this bitch right now. This poor thing. Yes. Wow. So we started coaching the first like session. I was just like, okay, well, what have you done to try to like get out of here? Well, like, I went to the HR guy and I asked him about maybe working remotely and he was like, no. So I haven't asked since then. So then we did the next session and we coached and I was like, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do. So by week six, I kid you not by week six, we were coaching in downtown. Like I could see from her zoom. She was in downtown Oklahoma city, like 18th floor view of the whole city window. She got her promotion. She got her raise. What? It was just amazing. Oh yeah. my God. Just yeah. giving her the confidence to ask. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like was mindset the that kept her stuck there and like all yes. the beliefs that kept her stuck there and getting real clear on like what is truth, what is fact, uh, like subjective interpretation of your reality. Right. Wow. And then the confidence. And then I had another that, because I did beta when we launched. So they could get coaching for free. They had to pay for the panel. Mm -hmm. So I had one client. She was like, look, at the end, we interviewed her on a podcast. And she's like, look, I did not want coaching. I knew nothing about it. I didn't think it was helpful, but I wanted that panel. So that's why I joined. She wanted <laughs> the lab work. Yes. 
Sorry. However they make it to you, let's just switch the mindset. It doesn't matter what, what every road leads to you. Yes. So she, and she's like at the end, cause she, she's a massage therapist, right? She has her own business and she had like 10 clients. And by the time we finished, her goal was by December one to have 20. Well, October 12th, she had already booked out. She was full on how to wait list. Wow. And so we were interviewing her. She's like, you know, I didn't realize how helpful life coaching was. It was really helpful, more yeah. helpful than a panel. So I'm really glad you made me do this. Have you had any people that like coach with you and then like sent you their spouse or their sister or someone who they're like, this, this person needs help too. Yeah. I have a couple of them that do that. Yeah. And the one client we were talking about pink jacket, uh-huh. I first met him. He was like, I did a presentation and he, he like, he was a little confrontational. He's like, I don't agree with you. He's like, life is like a crock pot, not a microwave. I was like, all right, bro. If that's what you want to believe, those are just your thoughts. Yeah. Now yeah. he's like, okay, fine. It's a microwave. Like, dude, you an instant pot. Like, just go. We're about to make this roast in 30 minutes. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I love that so much for him. I just want to grab him every time I see him and be like, yeah, I want to be yeah. the cheerleader since you're the coach. The yeah, you should off. say, how's that crock pot going? You should just dig in a little bit on that. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. So answer me this, like this time has gone by so much faster than I expected because like, you're mm, not going to like, not to just any other previous guests, but like, I'm feeling you like, yeah, yeah, this is a whole vibe. <laughs> <laughs> Do you sometimes I struggle with, because I, I have a lot of people, like I take a lot of coaching, so I can't even give myself credit for who I've become in the last couple of years even. But coming from the place of being hauled off to St. Anthony or to Midwest City, because I've been to both okay. psych places, mm -hmm. um, you know, being on my couch completely unable to move, mm -hmm. truly unable to move at all um, in such severe depression and anxiety and the path it took me to get to where I am was like a really long crock pot. It felt like with a little microwave at the end, but it's so hard sometimes for me. And I'm not a coach, but people ask just for advice. Like, Oh my gosh, how do you, how did you do it? How did you move past that? And it was truly just one tiny step at a time, like making another choice, a different choice, a better choice. But I find the more I'm removed from that place, the harder it is for me to articulate how I got from point A to point B. Yeah, I feel the same. Do you feel the same? Yeah. Okay. Like I am like, you know, I just feel like I should have this, I'm shitting on myself, but I should have this beautiful inspirational path to freedom from depression. And it's just like, that's not how it works. I don't know. You have to find it in your own mind, I guess, you know, as yeah. I'm saying this, I'm sort of coming to the realization, but having someone like you to put that mind in the right place to grow in their own way really yeah. seems like the key. Yeah. Yes. I think I agree with you. Like it seemed like such a long journey before coaching, right? I just mm -hmm. felt like I was limping along. That's yeah. what it felt like. You know, I would get like a little better. I'd find a little answer here. I'd find a little answer here. Right. And then I think when I hit bottom, when I got out of psych hospital and I just like, cause I was using spiritual bypassing for a long time as my coping mechanism. Mm. And I'm not familiar with that term. So spiritual bypassing is where, where you use religion or a deity, like it's going to come save you and rescue you. 
Uh, yeah. And we delegate all of our responsibility to that. Yeah. Leave it in God's right. hands. Yeah. Especially here in Oklahoma. I mean, like, oh, he'll take care of it. Yeah. And there's a difference in having faith and spiritual bypassing, right? You're bypassing yeah. the trauma, bypassing the responsibility. Mm -hmm. um, and I just feel like I limped along, but when I took full responsibility, I'm like, no one's coming to save me. Yeah. No one is. And if I don't know if you've read the book, Can't Hurt Me by David Goggins. Uh, no, but I'm, it's on the list for this oh, year. It's gotta be bombed. It's fucking fantastic. Yes. Um, and he says that like, it's that, I think that's the moment. I think at some moment you took responsibility for your life and was like, I'm yeah. done with this. And that was for me. I took responsibility for my life and I said, I'm done with this. And then when I found coaching, it just expedited the journey. Yeah. It kept like taking responsibility. These are my thoughts. These are my emotions. The humans aren't responsible for this. Yes. Yes. I love that. I was on, um, Stephanie Laswell's podcast, um, a couple months ago, um, it's about divorce and mm -hmm. my divorce was very traumatic. My husband I'd been with since literally age 12, best friends growing up through school and two kids and 10 years of marriage later, guess what? He's gay. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I thought I was the only one. I thought I was blamed. I was angry. I was so pissed. And the entirety of that podcast I spent talking about when I took responsibility because I had a responsibility in that I married him. I didn't know, but just like getting in a car wreck, it may not be your fault, but you have a responsibility. You've got to call the insurance agent. You've got to take pictures. You've got to get your car fixed. You've got to set up the rental. You have a responsibility, even if it's not your fault. So my depression came from a combination of divorce. My health failed me. I lost my nursing career because of my health. I was so down on myself and all this, but I had a responsibility and that's what I failed to connect early on. I think was, holy shit, no one's coming to save me from all this. Even though I maybe am a victim, the longer I stayed in that victim mentality, instead of going, you know what, let me take these reins and do something about it. Nope that's when things started to change for me. I think you and I just articulated to the people, like that's how you change depression is yeah. like you take responsibility for your mm -hmm. life and your outcomes. Yes. And that's how you move forward because victim mentality will always keep us 